Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. Tonight I'm covering the abduction and murder of six-year-old Opal Jennings and since we're dealing with a child victim in our story tonight, please be aware that some of the information provided here will be unsettling and disturbing. Opal's story reminded me very much of the Amber Hagerman case. I covered that a couple of years ago. Amber Hagerman is the reason we have the Amber Alert today. Although Amber's killer has still never been found, the victimology and the crime itself are very similar to Opal's case. So let's jump right in. Opal Joe Dace Jennings was born on November 24th, 1992, and she was just six years old at the time of her murder. If you look at the photos of her, 
you're just going to melt. She has the sweetest little face and it always breaks my heart just a little bit harder than some of the other cases I talk about because I have a daughter around the same age. Opal had dark brown hair, bright blue eyes, and these little chubby cheeks with freckles. The idea of someone being able to harm her in any way is just incomprehensible. Opal's parents were Robert Crawford and Leola Sanderford. However, she had been living in Saginaw, Texas with her grandparents for the last year. Her grandmother was a retired nurse who looked after Opal and two of her other cousins full-time. Opal's mother had sent her to live with her grandmother because she said that she just couldn't afford to raise the little girl on her waitressing salary alone. And Opal's father wasn't really in the picture. Opal was described as your typical six-year-old little girl, happy, playful, and just the sweetest little thing. She loved Barbie dolls, riding her bicycle, reading, coloring, and going to kindergarten. On March 25th, 1999, Opal was playing outside of her grandparents' home with her two-year-old little cousin, Austin, and four-year-old friend, Spencer Williams. It was early in the evening, just before dinner time, and the children were playing in an empty lot that was located just next to their grandparents' home. Now, according to four-year-old little Spencer, at around 5.30 p.m., a man pulled up to the children in his black car, and he got out of the vehicle, walked over to Opal, and punched her in the chest before dragging her back into his car and taking off. Four-year-old little Spencer had to witness this. This unknown man was described as being a light or dark-skinned male with pimples, wrinkles, and a slender build, having long hair pulled back into a ponytail and marks on his face. Spencer also said that he remembered that the abductor was wearing a short-sleeved t-shirt, dark pants, dark sneakers, and a red ball cap. He described the car as purpley black, purpley pink, and a dark car. Remember, this is coming from a four-year-old boy. The children ran back to the home to tell Opal's grandparents what had happened, and they immediately called the police. It's literally a parent's worst nightmare, in this case, a grandparent's worst nightmare, to just have your child taken from your yard and to not know where they are or if they're okay. Because Spencer had witnessed Opal being abducted, it met the criteria for an Amber Alert. While photos of Opal's face and all of her details were being blasted across the country, local law enforcement and the FBI organized a massive search throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It was released that Opal was last seen wearing a white t-shirt with stripes and flowers. She had on purple shorts with cargo pants, white socks, and tennis shoes. Her hair was pulled back in a ponytail. Investigators taped off Opal's room, and they began to preserve items like her teddy bears and blankets, anything that could be used for the dogs to detect her scent during those searches. The community really rallied behind Opal's family, and the various police agencies involved all came together to set up a command post and help search in the area. Even Arlington offered their help. They're the team that assisted in the investigation into the abduction and murder of nine-year-old Amber Hagerman. At this point, the FBI also steps in. So this is a massive search. Opal's story was featured on America's Most Wanted, on Good Morning America, and so many other big news outlets. And the tips began to flood in very quickly. 
Three witnesses from the neighborhood would come forward to say that they had witnessed a strange or suspicious car driving around that night. One of the witnesses described the car as a medium-sized, real dark purple color with very dark tinted windows and shiny wheels. Police had their work cut out for them. Saginaw was a small town of only around 1,200 people at the time. However, that weekend, there was an influx of thousands of people due to a NASCAR race at the Texas Motor Speedway. It's estimated that there were between 200,000 to 300,000 additional people in the North Fort Worth area. That is a whole lot of people coming and going from the area. But at least the police had an eyewitness description, even if it did come from the memory of a four-year-old little boy. One of the first suspects to emerge in Opal's disappearance was very close to home. Her father, Randy Crawford, he caught police attention when it was reported that he told people he planned to take her away. Things were not always good between him and Opal's mother, and with Opal now living with her grandmother and the grandmother having full custody, it was a messy situation. However, Randy would be cleared because he had an alibi for the day that placed him in Nashville, Tennessee at the time of Opal's abduction. Only a few days later, a new suspect would emerge. A 30-year-old man named Richard Lee Franks, who went by the name Ricky. He was a real douche canoe and already known by police because he was also a registered sex offender. Authorities in Wise County, which is where Ricky lived, called in a tip to Fort Worth police, who then gave the information to the FBI. At the time, Ricky was just one of several sex offenders that they were looking at. So he was on their radar very early on in the investigation, but he wasn't really looked at closer until months later. An acquaintance of Ricky's would call in a tip. According to them, Ricky was driving around in a car that matched the description given by four-year-old Spencer. Allegedly, he was also acting really strange, and he had changed his appearance dramatically. Ricky used to have long hair that would always be pulled back into a ponytail, and he often sported a red cap, very similar to that eyewitness description. But now, he had cut off all of his hair, and he no longer had his hat. Police were now looking closer at Ricky. Now, let's take a moment to talk about the absolute trash that is known as Richard Lee Franks. Police records show that Ricky was charged with two counts of aggravated sexual assault of a child in 1991, and that he pled guilty to a reduced charge of indecency with a child as part of a plea bargain. This child was his brother's eight-year-old daughter, so it was his very own niece. He was placed on probation for seven years, but he violated those terms in 1994 and 1995, and he was jailed for a total of 41 days. He has admitted to sexually abusing at least one other young female relative. As part of his terms of probation, Ricky completed a sex offender program, and he received a mental evaluation. I have no idea why they would ever let this man free after reading some of the details that would be recorded in that mental evaluation. But here are some of the highlights. Brace yourself. According to psychologist Daryl Horton, quote, Richard reported that he constantly wants to have sex with little girls. Richard reported a history of oral and anal sex starting at age 10. 
Richard also stated he had sex with little girls on other occasions. Sometimes Franks fantasizes about his sexual impulses instead of acting them out, the report stated. Quote, he described himself as being sad most every day. He said that someday his goal is to have his own bicycle repair shop. Great, I'm sorry, but if you engage in sexual acts with little girls, you should not pass go. Go straight to jail and never come out. The bike shop dream is gone. Unfortunately, it didn't happen this way, and after convincing everyone that he was completely fine, healed, and not a risk to the public, he was pretty much a free man. Somewhere along the way, Ricky was married to a woman named Judy Franks, and she was very supportive of him. I don't think she was supportive of the pedophilia itself, but she trusted and believed just about everything that Ricky told her. Now, when it comes to the abduction of Little Opal, police didn't have any solid tips to use to bring him in for questioning, but they felt like they definitely had to talk to Ricky. Lucky enough for them, he had an outstanding traffic warrant. So at 8.15pm on August 17th, 1999, police arrested Ricky for that outstanding warrant as he was getting out of his car at a convenience store in South Fort Worth. He was brought into a room for questioning, and he was told that he was being arrested on the traffic warrant, but police would like to ask him just a few questions regarding Opal Jennings. They also asked him to take a polygraph test and to search his car, both of which he said yes to. So he takes the test, and the results come back saying that he's being deceptive. Police use this to their advantage. While polygraphs are obviously not 100% accurate and can't be used in the court of law, they can definitely put pressure on a suspect. And let me just say this, Ricky is not all that intelligent. He has a very low IQ, and so he crumbles. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. 
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When he hears that he failed this test, he writes five pages of testimony. And I'll read it for you now, but here is your warning. The horrible things he places blame on this six-year-old child, it's unreal. Here goes, quote, On March 26, 1999, I went to Saginaw, Texas to see my brother, Danny, when I saw Opal Jennings and two other kids, a boy and a girl, playing in a field beside a house. This was about 4 p.m. in the afternoon or a little later. I was driving a Ford Cougar and I was by myself. I went by Danny's house, saw the girls and a boy playing outside in the field. I stopped to talk to them, and Opal said, Where are you going? I was in the car, and Opal was talking to me through the fence. She asked where I was going, and I told her that I was going to see if my brother was home so I could go visit with him. I told Opal, If he's not there, I'm going home. And she said they might be at work. And I then asked her how she was doing, and she said she was doing good in school. She said that she was getting good grades. She came up to the car on the driver's side. The driver's door was open. She came up to the door, gave me a hug, and shook my hand. I asked her if she was passing, and she said, I hope so. I then told her that if she was doing good in school, then she would. I said, I hope you pass. The other kids wanted her to hurry up so she could play with them. I said, you need to go back and finish playing what y'all are playing. They were playing some kind of ball. She reached in the car. I thought she was going to try and grab me. I didn't know what she was going to try to do, so I pushed her back and said, what are you trying to do? I'm not the one to be doing it with. I didn't want to do nothing that would get me in trouble. 
She was just a kid. I don't see myself doing nothing like that. I was afraid she was going to make a pass at me or get me to take her somewhere. She was wanting me to take her to the store. She went around the front of the car to get in the passenger side. I was afraid she wanted me to take her to have sex with her or something. I took her to the store. She got in the passenger side. The other two kids were outside playing. I told her I was going to bring her back so she could finish playing with the other two kids. I took her to the convenience store a block from the house. I sat in the car and she got something to drink. She brought a Coke. Then she came back to the car. She said, thank you for bringing me up here. But I said, I won't do it again. Opal tried to move over toward me. I didn't know what she tried to do. She tried to grab me between the legs. She grabbed my blank. She wanted me to blank her. Honestly, I can't even put in the actual words here because I will get demonetized, taken off the air, and it's just, you can, you can guess what he's trying to say here. She wanted me to blank her. I told her no. She said, blank me. She tried to take off her pants. I told her no. She asked me why, and I said, because I don't do that. She asked me why, and I said, because you're too young and I could get in trouble for it. She unzipped my pants, took my blank out. She had it in her hand. She went down like she was going to go down on it. I pushed her back. I put my blank back in my pants. She was sitting beside me. When she went to bend over, I pushed her back. I said, I'm not going to have sex with someone younger than I am. I told her that she needed to get out of the car. This happened on the way back from the store. I took her to her house and left her off the same place where I talked to her at. I don't know if she went in the house or not. I just wanted to get away from her. When I dropped her off, she gave me a hug and I left. The other two kids were in the field playing. Yeah, he is actually trying to say that a six-year-old child came onto him, putting all of the blame on this child. And while he admits to taking Opal, he claims that he dropped her off at home and then he never saw her again. He gives no further information as to if Opal is alive or where she might be. While this signed and sworn statement might look like it's a done deal, at least in terms of the abduction, it isn't long before Ricky is telling officials that the words were put in his mouth, that he was coerced into confessing. Either way, he is arrested for the aggravated kidnapping of Opal Jennings, and he awaits his opportunity to speak with the judge. In jail, he continues to maintain his innocence, and he says that this was all a forced confession. And his wife, Judy, she fully believed and supported him in that statement. She even went a little further in saying that he couldn't have kidnapped Opal because he was with her the entire day that she disappeared at their home in South Fort Worth. She would say that her husband told her he gave investigators his alibi, but, quote, they don't believe me. In November of 1994, Judy Franks herself would be arrested and accused of lying to the jury to give her husband an alibi for the day of the kidnapping. The courts simply did not believe her, and she pled guilty to aggravated perjury. And her husband Ricky's case, it would move forward. He would go to trial for aggravated kidnapping charges. Now, while all of this was happening, Ricky's trial for kidnapping and the investigation, it continued, and there was more evidence uncovered. However, Opal still had not been found. 
Her grandmother decided to speak out to the media, saying that she felt like Opal was out there somewhere alive and that she was maintaining hope that one day she will come home. Opal's grandmother even goes on to the Montel Williams show with guest star Sylvia Brown, the supposed world-renowned psychic medium, or at least she claims to be. When Opal's grandmother stood up in the audience and asked about Opal's abduction and if she were still alive, Sylvia Brown had the following to say. She said, quote, She's not dead, but what bothers me, now I've never heard of this before, but for some reason, she was taken and put into some kind of slavery thing and taken into Japan. The place is Kukuoro or Kukuora. She was very wrong. Literally nothing about that statement was correct. And honestly, I think she must pull these visions directly out of her ass. It gave Opal's family hope, which is not always a bad thing. But in this case, it was unfounded. The truth was coming soon, but not yet. On June 26th in 2000, Ricky's first trial for aggravated abduction began. However, it resulted in a mistrial after the jurors were split 7-5 to five in favor of conviction. Which to me is difficult to understand. Ricky's defense relied on the idea that he has such a low IQ that he was easily coerced into writing that statement. And clearly, some believed that to be true. In a second trial, Ricky wouldn't be so lucky. A jury would find him guilty of aggravated kidnapping. They also found that he intended to sexually violate and abuse Opal, so he was sentenced to life in prison. At this point, it doesn't really matter if Opal has been found in terms of his punishment, because the court believes that his intention was to hurt Opal. Ricky would try to appeal his sentencing, but it was upheld. He will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Which, of course, is only a part of what Opal's family really wants. The other part being to find her. Even after his conviction, Ricky wasn't giving any more information. Then, on December 20th, 2003, four and a half years after Opal was abducted, two people riding horses in an area of northwest Fort North find a skull. The location is less than 10 miles from where Opal was abducted. Police search the area and they find some other bone fragments along with a partial skull, all of which is consistent with a child of age 5 to 7 years old. They also find a part of a pink Barbie tennis shoe, which matches the shoe that Opal was last seen wearing. As you can imagine, the human remains would be confirmed to be that of Opal. Less than 20% of her bones would ever be recovered, in addition to her skull. Forensic examination showed that Opal had a crushing blow to the right side of her forehead. Investigators say that the force needed to cause such an injury to a six-year-old skull would be consistent with the medium-to-high-velocity vehicular impact of a child who is unrestrained in a car. Basically, what they think happened was she was in the vehicle and he hit something at full force and she went through the windshield. She would have likely died instantaneously, and authorities believed this is exactly what happened just hours after her abduction. Besides the injury to her skull, there was no further evidence or DNA found, not enough to say if she was sexually assaulted. So no, Sylvia Brown, she was not alive and in some slavering in Japan. Ricky would not be charged with her murder because there just wasn't enough evidence to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt 
that he had killed her. There was never any trace of her found in his vehicle or his home, so there was no evidence to actually put a case together. All that they really had was his statement, and in fact, he claimed that he had driven her to a local store to get a drink and left her there. Some people still to this day believe that he could be innocent, even of the abduction, because again, there was no physical evidence to support the crime. But it didn't appear to matter much to Opal's family. They were able to lay the beautiful girl to rest, and Ricky was still behind bars on those abduction charges. This case is so similar to that of Amber Hagerman, who was abducted in broad daylight while on her bike with her little brother. Her body was found a little while later, and she had been sexually assaulted. This happened in the same county as Opal, but it's unclear if investigators ever really looked at Ricky Franks for Amber's murder. If you haven't heard of Amber Hagerman's story, make sure you grab some tissues and go download my episode. Her murder is still unsolved after all of these years. Yet, she has helped so many other children with the Amber Alert system, named after her and her beautiful little spirit. Alright, that's it for me tonight. Go hug your babies if you have them. Hug your fur babies. Hug your neighbor. Hugs all around. And fuck Richard Lee Franks, even if there is no evidence of a murder, because he's a piece of crap who is better off in prison and away from children forever. So, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I post things on TikTok at Serial Napper Nick, all one word. And if you're watching on YouTube, I would love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. I'm Dean, I'm the dad. I'm Laura, I'm the mom. And I'm Crystalyn, I'm the daughter. And together we are... Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. Minus all the oogie bits. We are PG-13. I'm almost 15 now. Don't ruin the commercial. Catch us looking into special topics like the origins of fairy tales, Sherlock Holmes, and the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's corner. But behave you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!